Thanks for tuning in to Small Big Wings, a window to the world of young, ambitious problem solvers. They are makers, designers, builders, hackers, scientists who heard their inner voice and amplified it. To learn more about our guest and to view the highlights of this episode, head on over to fbw.hvj.coach. Listeners and learners, my first conversation with Harshwardhan Joshi was in February 2021 when he was preparing himself to scale the Everest. It was already delayed as per his plan by one year because of the pandemic. And he was on his way to prepare himself more financially and physically and build up his resources to take on the fund. And that is the time when he invited me to join him till the Everest Base Camp. And that invite prompted me to join him on the Everest Base Camp journey. And we were together till that point in time. And my second conversation happened with him on 14th April 2021 at the Everest Base Camp. And that conversation was about his conviction, his visualization of getting to the Everest, the contribution of the Sherpa and the Tamang communities in helping the mountaineers. After that, I returned back. But of course, uh, Harshvardhan Joshi carried on his journey of uh, scaling the Everest. And he was at the summit, the highest point on the earth, what is also known as Sagar Matha, on 23rd May 2021 at 6.20 a.m. And today, I have the privilege to present this third conversation with Harshvardhan Joshi to you and learn from him about his experiences and lessons. Harsh, a very warm welcome to Small Big Wins once again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And for those who don't know me, I would like to give a small introduction that I am just another IT engineer from Vasaimiya, Mumbai. And I am a mountaineer and an endurance athlete by passion and also into sustainability awareness out of passion again uh, to give back something to the community apart from this i'm preparing towards my mba in marketing so i would like to show you guys a picture which means a lot to me this is a selfie from the highest point on the closest i can go get to space given my academic background this is a selfie from the top of mount everest which looks like this this is the highest mountain on earth, you may call it Mount Everest. And I would like to talk about my experiences while reaching out there 29,031 feet from zero feet above the sea level was near Mumbai. And what I learned during my first quarter of century around the globe. Looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much, Harsh, for sharing. I want to start by asking you, during my conversation with you at the EBC, you spoke about how you have prepared and visualized climbing the Everest. And now when you did it, actually, were there times when you could see situations you weren't prepared for? That is what mountains teach us that expect the unexpected and in unexpected, there is infinite possibilities. There can be an earthquake, uh, avalanche is obviously very uh, possible. 
there was covid this year there were two cyclones there were some deaths there were a lot of unforeseen situations so obviously you cannot predict those events and if you don't know that something like this can happen you cannot even prepare for it but then we are there to learn we are there to give our best and come back stronger i think i was prepared for everything by being prepared to expect the unexpected what went to a large extent as you had anticipated and what went to a large extent not the way you had anticipated everest would be difficult would be long would be dehydrating and no matter how much hard work we do out here in training it it was still going to be a push out of our comfort zone so this was something which i had anticipated and what i had not anticipated is are the cyclones the effects of climate change the route gonna be drastically different from previous few years in terms of difficulty in terms of length in terms of volume and not getting a summit weather window and plus above that getting covid like covid reaching everest base camp and then i getting it despite being the most cautious guy and we all maintaining so much social distancing so that was very unexpected but now that it's done i feel that it was all worth it it was a greater story greater learning experience with more challenges and when did you discover that you had infected 40 days after my expedition started just the night when i was supposed to leave for my summit push that afternoon i was the leader of my international expedition team and we had a doctor as well in our team so we had some rapid antigen kits and i we were randomly testing people because there were rumors about covid cases at epc although we couldn't get any information as most teams were isolated from each other and there are no internet or communication facilities out there but we were randomly testing there was a covid case in my team as well few days earlier who had to be evacuated and hospitalized so that day that afternoon i just said that let's get tested and unfortunately i myself tested positive afternoon after lunch we were supposed to leave for the summit push the same night and it takes four days to reach the summit and we all thought that we should take this precaution because uh, if we don't diagnose it and someone is positive things can go south very fast and then half an hour later while i was clicking pictures and being excited about the night i saw a line on my test kit uh, on the tee and i looked at everyone they already knew but no one could break it to me because they knew what it meant to me and even they were like sorry harsh and we tested again and still it it was positive and it can be a false negative but it can never be a false positive so it was obvious that i cannot go up because um, the conditions are precisely what you don't want for covid your body is under stress there is lack of oxygen there are no communications no infrastructure no, no medical facilities and even choppers cannot fly above a certain altitude so it was obvious i cannot go up so i just isolated myself and started consulting doctors so you did go up eventually i had these doctors in my team so the surgeon went up his wife had come just for moral support with the rapid antigen kit she was at the base camp monitoring me there is a small emergency clinic in a tent 
at Everest Base Camp, I informed those doctors as well. They said that he fly to Kathmandu. These doctors said that hey, maybe you can wait and watch. And I was anyways taking the supplements, vitamins, and all which we usually take for COVID. Then I contacted four different doctors in India, some COVID experts as well, and everyone had different opinions. That everyone gave me that. Uh, indirect message that hey everest is going to be there and maybe you can come back one or two said that hey you can just wait and watch and everyone said that it would take at least four days to for the symptoms to show up and one doctor was very straightforward very harsh that hey it's already decided you are taking a chopper back and don't be stupid don't kill yourself no matter how much you have invested i i get his point he was following the protocol but i know the situation there so i started the medication and treatment and everything but i said that hey uh, if i go down i cannot come back again because everest can be attempted only once a year and if the weather window is gone it's gone and i'll lose acclimatization as well and my body won't even recover but so far i don't have any symptoms i took the safer option by not going up but i won't give up and come down immediately i am at a relatively safer place i have some oxygen cylinders more than the ones available in kathmandu i have a chopper at disposal so i took my chances and isolated myself obviously some people recommended pranam some doctors recommended that so i googled that using satellite internet and started doing that which actually helped with oxygen saturation i was anyway taking the vitamins i increased the doses as per the norms i did not take the drugs like fabiflu or anything although those were also recommended but i arranged them in kathmandu and i said that no i don't want to lose on my Uh, stamina or anything or have any side effects from any strong medicine if it comes to that if there are any symptoms then anyways i'm not going to go up and uh, go back to kathmandu and get myself hospitalized but for now i i just want to give my best shot at everest and then we waited and 2 uh, 3 days later i had some mild symptoms like i had diarrhea and we would we would try to make out is it due to the supplements due to the zinc due to the protein because your body cannot adjust or is it the new mutant symptom like covid 2.0 or is it due to anything like the food out there hygiene or anything but then in the same way 10 days passed and i had no symptoms 10 days later i went to the emergency tent out there and got my chest checked using a stethoscope and they said that you definitely do not have any uh, major infections which we can detect so maybe you just complete your 11 day isolation period and if you get a weather window you can go up and in the meantime so on 8th we were going to leave after that there was a cyclone for everest it would bring a lot of strong jet stream and everest can be climbed only when the jet stream when the winds above 8000 meters are below a certain speed limit ideally below 30 kilometers per hour so my team went up there and on 12th when they reached the summit camp camp 4 which is in the dead zone the wind suddenly rose and they had to survive the night out there they couldn't even move out of their tent and that night they were on oxygen holding their tent and praying for their lives and that same night two people not from my team but from other teams one american and one swiss guy even lost their lives so they had reached the summit on the morning of 12th in good weather but while coming back they were exhausted and things changed they were slow 
so they got stuck on the way and i got a call from kathmandu at base camp that hey can your team there were a few teams up there so they asked us ki can your team please send help and usually sherpas are very strong very brave and very kind very helpful so i walked to it from base camp to camp 2 and camp 4 that hey can you guys please help them and they were like i have, we can see them from the tent we can see some light at the balcony which are which is few hours away so uh, the only thing which we can do is if they crawl till our tent we will give them some hot water and soup and which is also a big thing because it takes a few hours to melt snow and make water but they were very honest that we, we cannot really save their life and it's practical because you cannot risk a few more lives to save one or two everyone is responsible for themselves and then my team had to come back retreat they came back to base camp by 15th may and i was just doing fine i was taking the precautions obviously those days me by myself in my tent thinking that oh no i am going to lose years of hard work and now another one year i have to spend at the same project i would tell my call and tell myself that i so wanted to finish this and keep going like obviously if it wasn't done then i would attempt it even three times five times until i have achieved my goal but uh, i didn't think so much the finance with, uh, because that was also a very difficult part raising 70000 dollars 55 60 lakh rupees but i only cared about my life but i also cared a lot about my time training is a lifestyle but next time i would want to spend time climbing another peak another mountain something more difficult more interesting or just something new rather than coming back to everest with more stress and me but then my friends reminded me people like you that just think about one day at a time just think positive and then in that way 11 days passed and like later there's another story about how i got a chance to stand on the top of the world these 11 days were at the everest base camp where you were isolated yes okay yes. okay so you did your camp 1 camp 2 camp 3 came back we always have to do those acclimatization rotations before the summit so that was done like uh, a week 10 days prior to this summit push after our acclimatization rotation we just wait there we sit and wait for the good weather window when we can hit the summit and before summit push we also need to rest and recover to be fresh for the summit push so after the isolation you were negative and you decided that you will go ahead but during that journey uh did you find a difference with your physical condition no on 17th and 19th may i actually did some hikes nearby nearby everest base camp to high altitude at other peaks obviously in isolation everything is like spaced out out there and there are no humans to to transmit or contract anything so i went to this place called pomori high camp which is like a 1100 1200 feet gain and i tested my body i couldn't feel any difference i could see that i'm just as fast and efficient as i was earlier and then i was waiting for another chance for another summit window as cyclone tofte was still on the mountain and the effects of it were on a last at least till 21st 22nd and then there was another bigger cyclone coming in the bay of bengal cyclone yash so we were just hoping that uh, we get a chance to climb everest because most of the years in past few decades everest has been climbed between 15th and 23rd may 
but never after that so we all were like really nervous that hey what if we don't get a weather window at all and we go home without a something one big lesson which i draw from your experience of contracting covid isolating yourself at everest base camp is facing one day at a time just focusing on the next step like trusting the process not worrying about the risk that is what i learned through my years of journey that never ever care about the results just keep putting in the work and how about sharing with us through your photographs maybe some other experiences and lessons so uh, yeah i'll i'll share now that how i ended up going to everest so on 19th just as i was finishing my 11th every day we would what are going to be the wing seats for the next 5 days and if it's going to snow or if it's going to be cloudy or clear So on 19th evening around 6:37 p.m. when I was eating my dinner with the team in the dining tent, my organizer messaged me that Hey Hush, uh, actually on 23rd morning there is a very narrow weather window which is not good enough for Everest. But note say the second peak which I was attempting, the fourth highest mountain on earth, is in a direction such that it's a huge wall in which we climb in the center in a gully and that huge mountain can sort of uh, protect us from the wind or not gonna affect as much although it's more difficult than everest more riskier but it's slightly shorter in a and in a direction such that i can still give it a try my goal my plan was to do an everest close traverse like the first highest mountain to directly the fourth highest mountain and be the first indian to do so but then he said that now you can do this and after 26 after cyclone yash passes hopefully there seems to be two three days of good window very good window when you will be able to attempt the everest summit with the rest of the team so i was like fair enough but he said that you will have to reach there in three days Uh, instead of the normal four days of summit push because the window is on 22nd night 23rd morning so i was like fair enough so after 7 pm at 11 pm i had my breakfast and at 12 am i started my journey to the top of the world like 12 am on 20 on 20 may so here is a here is a map from base camp to the summit of everest and ideally it takes us four days to reach from base camp to the preparation between the two there's a difference of 65-70,000 dollars between the two and you take like 10 days to reach base camp whereas you take another 45 days to do this four day journey to the top of the world due to the acclimatization process and everything so first of all we start by crossing this khumbu ice fall going to camp 1 then camp 2 then camp 3 and then camp 4 which is also called as a death zone and followed by that the same night we go to the summit so i'll i'll just try to from base camp i was excited i was nervous i was happy and next day we went to camp 1 crossing the treacherous khumbu ice fall this is the combo ice fall which is flowing river of ice it's a glacier but it's a fast moving glacier the most dangerous part of everest a lot of people die here every few years and like it's it's really really scary because if you if you fall from here you are gone they might not even 
find your body and as it continuously moving with the rising temperatures anything can collapse around you anytime or these ladders can break themselves and then i reached camp 2 that day and next day i so i directly went from base camp to camp 2 next morning we reached camp 2 and this was on 20 then on 21st we went from camp 2 to, to camp 3 which is on a slope like this like a 50 degree slope very windy exposed area there are continuously rocks falling from above this is on the lotse face so lotse is a way steeper mountain and that is the summit of everest if you can see so next day we reached camp 3 we are already on supplemental oxygen because we are about 7000 meters and then this was on 21st reaching camp 3 and on 22nd we went from camp 3 to camp 4 so camp 4 is somewhere around here from camp 3 to camp 4 you cross the geneva spur and yellow band a steep climb to reach this call between everest and lotse which is the entry point of dead zone so about 26000 feet is known as dead zone because no human body can really adapt to that altitude acclimatize to it and even if you are on supplemental oxygen your organs are slowly shutting down your body is dying so you are on borrowed time and you have to quickly reach the summit and get down get lower to safety otherwise what can happen anything can go wrong so then from i i was like we reached camp for around 2:30 pm and that night was the summit push i was all ready Uh, it takes 3 hours to even get ready and usually everest climbers leave between 6 pm to 8 pm for the summit push to reach the next morning around sunrise but since i am slightly faster climber i was going to start a little late at 7 7:30 plus it was very windy so it was windy throughout these days but we thought that it's okay on 22nd when we are on the summit push it's going to get better but even when i was here uh, first when i reached there our tent was torn apart uh, pieces of it were blown away and then for one hour we were without it then my sherpa we it was just me and my sherpa my team couldn't come up since they had just returned from the summit push and they couldn't uh, recover for another push but uh, my sherpa went to other teams and borrowed a tent uh, some of which were wrapping up or giving up and going down and then we pitched the tent and it felt like we were inside a blender the wind was like uh, 100 kilometers per hour or plus and we we waited we anticipated to leave for the summit around 7 7:30 but the wind never went down and i was asking my sherpa hey should we even go for the summit push but he said that see if other teams take the risk then we'll just follow them and then we from 7 pm we started waiting for other teams to start their climb and we were like for another hour or two nobody left their tent and then eventually people started climbing we were just counting headlamps out here hey our teams leaving for the summit push and then finally we started at 9:40 pm we thought that let more people go we are fast so we can make up for it and at 9:40 pm i started for my summit push and it was so so windy me and my sherpa were clipped into each other and we would unclip from the trail from the safety rope and try to overtake everyone and many a time the wind would be so strong that it would blow us and like make us fall in the snow and uh, then we would get up and continue walking but it was very uncomfortable very inconvenient it felt like you are being stung by bees on the face 
because your nose and uh, mouth is covered by an oxygen mask but the rest of the part is exposed so uh, on the cheeks and everywhere it felt very painful since the wind also brings hail with it it brings snow from the surface of the mountain but uh, we kept going and then eventually after 3 years the color started changing it was magical so this was lit around 4 am before this i could see colors like violet purple blue then red and everything and not that i was hallucinating it is that magical so this is the tibet side i could see the north horizon and on the left side south side where i climbed from i could see a pyramid a shadow of a perfect pyramid which was the shadow of everest and it was over overlooking the entire himalayan range so that was very beautiful but again to be honest i couldn't really enjoy because it was so windy so inconvenient but we kept on going i turned around and i saw that i half of the climbers have anyways retreated and i have overtaken rest of them most of them to be honest and then we reached this point called south summit so from south summit i could actually see the summit and my sherpa told me that hey now it is just one one and a half hour away and until then i wasn't sure if i would make it because many people have to retreat even with from within 100 meters from the summit and i would also do that because uh, life for everything pco everything but when i was here my eyes were like i was euphoric because i was happy that finally the years of hard work and sacrifices boiled down to this and i'm finally going to make it more than myself i was happy for everyone else who looked up to me but obviously you cannot cry up there because your tears would freeze and then i i just continued i increased my oxygen flow until then i was using it at just 2 2.5 liters per minute and i increased it to 3 liters per minute and then we were at the summit in just another 35 minutes or so it was as soon as i reached the summit it was very very windy so i just i told him that he was like what are you doing so i am like no no thanks to you i am safe and we made it together and i so a lot of people ask me this question that how did i feel at the top of the world how did i feel and to be honest i was not very excited i was not at all so happy like i should be but i was just relieved that it's done and i was grateful and secondly i couldn't enjoy because i knew that this is just half the job done and 90% of the fatalities and accidents happen while coming down so i cannot really celebrate till i am home and i just told my sherpa that we'll spend just 5 10 minutes here i quickly recorded a video with with the flags of my nation with the flags of some ngos which i uh, represent and of some of my sponsors and then i started to descend down so uh, this was my journey and one lesson one personal lesson which i learned up there is to have the clarity of goal that summit is just 10% but coming home is 90% and uh, it's all about the journey not about the destination and second thing on reaching the summit was that the best thing about reaching a mountain top is you realize that there is ample space for more than one person to be up there and you are in the prime position to help us this is how we descended after the climb and 15 days later i was back home i moved just by my experience at everest base camp 
that was so touching for me i cannot even imagine what you have been through i can just intellectually visualize hear your words but it's difficult to put in that position so what has changed for you harsh from inside meaning the way you live life or the way you view life to be honest the way i live is completely same nothing changes externally i have getting i've been getting a lot of fame and attention but all that is temporary and i just don't get carried away with it but internally obviously every mountain i climb every trip i take makes me much more wiser much more mature and particularly this trip where i faced so many odds and challenges i feel many years older i have become much more calmer much more patient because after struggling up there you realize that we are living such a convenient comfortable and happy lives in our urban environments and most of the things which we care so much about are actually not so important at least to be happy this is one thing which changed in me but rest is the same i'm still training the same way it's a lifestyle i'm still teasing like nothing changes to be honest like i like i did it for myself like i'm happy that i'm able to inspire many more people through my journey and making them climb personal everest in their own lives their personal goals now actually climbing everest many people are also attempting everest after hearing my story and i would recommend everyone to go on this journey to because every journey is different and everyone should experience this that is it but to be honest nothing much changes after everest it's all internal which you cannot really express the philosophy of vedanta which is which is a universal philosophy but it is spoken a lot in hinduism because i think india of the has been the land where it came up and one thing which vedanta talks about is that it is emotions are a part of life and we are humans so we will be emotional but we should not get affected by emotions so this journey of mountain climbing where you face uncertainty in terms of living or not living in terms of life and death at almost every step with so many vagaries what have this done to your objectivity in life when you spoke about emotions i i had already learned since a few months ago that i don't feel happy when someone praises me and i don't feel sad when someone add to some negativity i just focus on the work uh, and secondly i like i think i must have mentioned this in our earlier podcast that i keep on uh, targeting co- goals which have some struggle and sacrifices with which comes a greater journey so for now i'm just chasing some more interesting goals in mountaineering as well as in personal and professional life when you say you don't get excited or you don't get depressed or sad on the other side so basically there are these pairs of opposites in life pain and pleasure and joy and sorrow so you are saying that as you have done mountaineering and faced all these challenges it has brought a certain level of equanimity to you it has taken you beyond the fluctuations which the mind is uh, dancing between Yes so to be honest now once i'm back in the urban environment even i have my lower days even i get a lot of mood swings even i lack motivation 
but then yeah whatever doesn't kill makes you stronger so i'm getting stronger wiser and now i have realized that motivation and all is a very unreliable thing to depend on to look for but there is one thing which keeps all of us going is discipline so i am a very lazy guy and most of the days i feel like skipping my workout or or just skipping all my stuff procrastinating and everything but when i have some objectives some goals which are exciting which something which i am passionate about then it automatically brings in the discipline because i know that the sacrifices are worth it and i want to enjoy up there or i want to enjoy let's say i'm right now i'm working towards getting admission in one of the good mba schools in us so i'm working hard for it because i know that all this will be worth it and i want to enjoy up there similarly i'm training for a mountain so i have to sacrifice a lot of treats a lot of food as well just just to stay in discipline not that anything is bad sometimes i'm amazed at these confluences which happen but just a couple of days back when we agreed that we will do this podcast and without any intention at all this book came across me and i was reading this article in it and it is about a gentleman called george mallory yes 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 so yes. this must be the wildest dream or uh, one of those yeah so i want to read out something to you and uh, then i want to try to take your observation or your comment on that so he says everest is the biggest prize of mountain climbing for obvious reasons It is not the most difficult or dangerous mountain but it invites the adventurer to stand at the top of the world above the clouds look upwards into the void and leave the earth behind this is what drives people to risk physical exhaustion and even death only a fraction of people have ever exalted in that experience and lived to say i climbed mount everest but for mallory this was not recreation of physical challenge this was not what he thought he pursued the pure adventure of climbing and he best summarized the avid climbers pursuit quoted as having replied to the question why do you want to climb mount everest because it's not yes with the retort because it's there these have been called the most famous three words in mountaineering the mountain provided mallory a focus something which you just talked about harsh it gave him a reason to live a meaning to his life and the meaning of life is about what makes you feel alive because it's there harsh what is your take on this yeah i think it is every trekker's uh, dream whatever i get into i get into passionately so when i started trekking i knew that i would climb everest one day and why is because who doesn't want to experience the journey to the highest point on earth and witness the view from the roof of the world so as a trekker or even as a human it is one of the epitomes of success so yeah just because it's there you're right in saying who doesn't want but then there is a big gap between the number of people wanting and the number of people who can get there and what i learn from you are one to have a goal or a objective but second and more importantly having a discipline or a system and i remember you talking to me in the previous conversations that how your calendar is set up in terms of what you have to do for your physical training almost for the whole year 
Yes, yes. So I I like it that way, like following a plan and like having a structured approach. Yeah. So there are people who say it's important to have a goal, and then there are people who say it's goals are not important. It's important to have a system. But I think what you demonstrate to us, it's important to have a goal and have a system. I want to add to this. This is my closure. That a lot of people ask me that, hey, can I climb Everest? And uh, you were telling me that there is a difference of uh, many who want, but how many can. So I tell everyone, each and every person, that hey, uh, obviously you can. Of course you can. If an 82-year-old guy can, if two blind people have done that, if a few amputees have done that, if this engineer Hirsch has done it. then why not you but are you ready to put in the work are you ready to go through the journey with consistency if yes then definitely anyone can at any given age from any background wherever they start however they start they can climb it is there anything more you want to add in this conversation no i think this was all like i like to close it with this that motivating them to climb any everest in their life or uh, literally climb everest someday it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you for coming time and again on small big wins and i would just like to quote this from confucius and it is something which i want to share with you and most importantly with myself want to keep myself reminded of this we have two lives and the second begins when we realize we only have one like um, many a time the beginnings are hidden in the end this is something which i recently read somewhere yeah a lot of people think that everest was my ultimate goal to be honest it was just a stepping stone and it's the beginning of uh, much more fruitful and exciting stuff in the near future fantastic harsh thank you so much for obliging us with your time today thank you thank you